Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf, founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. I am delighted to be joined today by Aaron Cruz, founder of The Spark, a groundbreaking coaching approach using rites of passage experiences to elevate awareness, embodiment, and impact. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's an absolute honor. Thank you for having me, Maureen. Before we get into the conversation of journeying, can you give our listeners a little bit of background about who you are and how you came to this work? Yep. So I am by trade and training an anthropologist. I studied at West Virginia University and also Ohio State University for my graduate work. And also I've been really deeply involved in the curation and cultivation of festivals, events, and environments for over a decade. These are major events that have, you know, 10 to 15,000 people. There were world music festivals and events, so I would often have 15 to 20 different representatives of different nations using radical creativity, art, music, culture, community to come together in these ecstatic environments to transform, to learn, to grow, exchange. So that was a large part of my arc and journey was actually utilizing my knowledge about how to cultivate community, how to bring people together to create these dynamic environments. So I did that for over 10 years. Now, as I was doing those particular events, though, I had also been utilizing psychedelics for my own impact, for my own growth, for my own personal and spiritual journey, and also utilizing for radical creativity, innovation, and how to design these containers to be as dynamic and expressive as possible. And it was very successful. From that period of time, I had then converted into working together with high-performance teams, individuals, and utilizing the skills that I've cultivated both in the creativity field alongside of psychedelic field to help people to evolve, grow, and heal. Let's jump into then the idea of plant medicine and how it helps leaders give up or loosen ego attachment. So you talked about divergent thinking and creativity and how it boosts our capacity in several different facets. So if I use our framework, I would say things like leaders have the mindset of humility and committed to doing what's right instead of being right, which in a sense connects very strongly to ego attachment. And if I'm worried about my image, I am more connected to my ego than I am to the outcome necessarily for the organization. How can leaders use plant medicine to help titrate down on the ego and committed to the mission? When you want to move into a conversation about ego titration, I think it's important to look at the neurochemistry and kind of what's happening under the hood in the psychedelic experience. As in many ways, what ends up occurring with the psychedelics is that as it moves into the system, first, it's a serotonergic compound. So it comes in through the system, mostly through the gut. The predominant serotonin made in our bodies is made through our gut. So our gut GI, our internal biome, that ecosystem that kind of governs mm -hmm. intuition, gut feeling, and also our overall holistic well-being. Now, reason why the psychedelic is so powerful is it's very selective. It moves specifically to the 5-2-A receptor. The 5-2-A receptor is really well known for working on the ability to move through the visual cortex, prefrontal cortex, stimulating centers that are associated with growth, with learning, and also decoupling centers that have been oversaturated with neurotic thinking, with over-contemplation of things. So that's part of what they consider when they have that neuroplasticity effect. Not only is it creating more flexibility of thinking and mindset that is more expansive, considering of multiple facets of a particular solution to a challenge, 
or multiple facets of healing for a particular trauma, but it's uncoupling habitual patterns that stagnate there that have been either there through trauma, old wounds, addictive behaviors, neurotic behaviors. And some of these have been so ingrained in our psyche that we don't even realize that our fail-safe to react to certain situations is a triggered response. So we're really kind of in a position of being very stagnant and stuck in certain linear scope and ways of thinking. So when you're talking about leadership, when you're looking at the overall ecosystem of how am I serving leader? How am I being in a, an experience that's co-elevating my peers that is genuinely aligned with a particular mission, that's hoping to evolve the paradigm of what I think is necessary for me to be in control over a circumstance to more holistic thinking of, well, what do we need as an organization? What do we need as a team to collaborate and move more effectively? That's kind of what's happening internally in the psychedelic experience. It's removing that sense of things have to be in a very fixed, rigid, patterned way for you to be able to have efficacy and impact and leadership into, well, you know what? Maybe I could just sit back here and honor what my genuine need or service is in a given moment whether that be stepping in and providing a presentation or stepping back and letting others uplift and work and delegate tasks and all those types of things. So I think that the flexibility of mind is the most powerful thing that the psychedelics provide and not only just a eureka moment of that, but providing new network sustainability inside with neuroplasticity, dendrite growth, new neurons actually creating tributaries of thought. So that when you step in, it's sustainable. The realizations you hold have really created new networks and decoupled old static networks, which then can translate into enhanced ways of thinking and supporting people in lifetime. Let's then move to the process you use. So someone comes to you and says, hey, Aaron, I want to do this experience and I want to work on this specific thing. Maybe I have a leadership assessment or my spouse says I have this issue. What I'm specifically aiming at is I come in with an intention, I do the journey, but then you create also processes post journey. So it's not like I went to a movie, I had an aha experience and therefore I'm changed magically. I still have to come back to a life with a structure and people who expect me to be a certain way. So post experience, how do you help people integrate and own the change rather than having it just be some thing that happened? That's so important. The arc of the psychedelic experience, you know, often people overemphasize the navigation of the catalytic moment itself when you're involved with the medicine. Now, how I interpret it is more of the rainbow, you know, looking over. So one big leg of that is adequate preparation recognizing that the intentionality moving into experience is really penultimate to then creating the type of mindset that then can move into an experience and experience that process of change and transmutation that occurs in the psychedelic. But on that front end, having a body, mind, spirit protocol, taking care of the self, creating spaciousness, contemplation of what those core themes are that you're hoping to really bring forward into a journey experience, also considering some of the larger existential questions why are you here? Why are you serving? What is the core essence of why you want to change these aspects of behavior, personality, and healing, or expand your horizons and visionary capacity? And really coming to terms with an honesty around that arc. So framing that in on the front end is very, very important and moving to the experience very intentionally. Then you have that above the clouds, 30,000 foot 360 view, where you're then perceiving of different facets or ways to look at challenges in your life different ways to perceive the reality that you are interpenetrating each day and 
getting some novel ideas and innovative ideas and, and also allowing yourself to reconcile things that no longer serve, no longer honor your path and process where you have matured and evolved in your own experiential learning. But that other side, that integration, I feel is the most imperative and important component is once you come to a realization, you come to a recognition that you need to make a change. You need to reconcile behavior. You need to let things go with one hand. You need to embrace new pathways of learning or growth or even new beliefs, new beliefs that actually outlive the paradigms of limitation that you have prescribed yourself into. I no longer can prescribe to a certain philosophy of life or ideology. From what I know, from my experiential awareness, I need to expand my possibilities. That's where that biology of belief really comes into play there. You know, what you genuinely believe or allow yourself to expand into, that creates opportunities for you to perceive and integrate that into your world. So once you come into those new realizations, that other side of the coin, how you then synthesize those into daily action, that could be a holistic practices that are supportive of that, meditation and movement, artistic creativity. It could be expressions of things you need to do to shift your foundation, apologies to people, going out and having the transparent hard talks with others that have been toxic within relationships and communications, providing more agency to the people around you that are supporting you, you know, different things and making those decisions fast. But when you grow those new dendrites, when you have that neuroplasticity, it's very much like you going to the gym and you haven't worked out in a while. And you're working all these interesting muscles and you feel them for the first time. Oh, man, I'm, I'm activating these parts of my back and my shoulders. I didn't even know were there. Holy cow, they're giving me more strength, more flexibility, more support. But if you do not honor and exercise those muscles, they retract right back in. And then the same patterns that have already had momentum for 30, 40 years you know, in your life can reassert themselves. So that devotion to continuing taking that seeds or kernels of knowledge and fertilizing them with direct action and engagement in a continuum is actually critical to the nature of ensuring that these psychedelic experiences translate into genuine impact and efficacy in your life experience. I think that's such an important distinction that this isn't, I go to a long movie or I go to a music festival and I get to come home and I'm all fixed. That true behavior change requires change in habit, change in thought process. I think some people see this as a magic bullet and we keep chasing the magical interventions this truly accelerates and gives us a breakthrough opportunity, but without then following it with action, it's just another entertainment experience. Right, right. That's exactly right. I have a couple of questions. One is you do this in a ceremonial setting. Yes. Walk us through an experience with you. What does that journey look like? And do I do it alone? Can I do it with my leadership team? Who joins this journey? That's a great question. So the therapeutic model versus ceremonial model are the two main channels that are currently being provided for others out there to engage with a ethical and safe psychedelic experience. And in the therapeutic model, I think the advantage there is that they have a firm ethical standard and guidelines. They have a board, they have oversight, they have protocols that have been long-term tested. MAPS, for example, has a standardized protocol for psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy that's 30 years in age. And, you know, and, and a lot of that was taken from uh, a lot of the research done in the 60s and 70s through formalized research utilizing psychedelics for mental health and self-actualization. So there are very clean and concise ways to step into a particular study or in a particular therapeutic session 
you know what you're going for. You have a particular modus operandi for lying on the couch and having your headphones in with your John Hopkins music and your mindfold, two people in the room, guiding and empowering questions, more hands-off, allowing the muse and the medicine to really guide the healing intelligence of the person involved in the space. And there can be very, very powerful effects, of course, within the paradigm and preparation, the medical screening, the navigation and therapeutic support afterward through integration. And usually there's a very structured means to doing that particular work. Now, the thing with the therapeutic model, at least in contemporary society, is that it is really developed for mental health considerations. People that have a diagnosis currently that only people have access to a psychedelic opportunity clinical diagnoses, and they're trying to get you from a place of being unwell, um, mentally in a space of not feeling centered and supportive of your own holistic well-being, to a place of baseline wellness, where you can feel functional and engage with life without any kind of distinct challenges that would then require additional therapeutic or medication to support. So that would be PTSD, addictions, trauma of various sorts. And I also know of instances where cancer patients, people who are in hospice or have had significant health diagnoses, specifically cancer, are also at least being tested. I don't know how generally accessible that is. Yes, absolutely. People that are looking through existential crises of end of life through cancer. Mm -hmm. There's been a few AIDS, also research studies. But you're exactly right. PTSD, CPTSD, eating disorders, anxiety, acute anxiety, you know, different things like that that are really in our current mental health crisis. And I understand and honor why this is the first bridge in is they need a real support and alternatives to SSRIs and just cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're looking at the other line in terms of ceremonial support and facilitation. Now, this is the ancient way of essentially utilizing the catalyst of a compound in a sacramental way, in a way that actually uplifts it to saying, this is capable of instilling a rites of passage initiatory experience on someone looking to evolve their awareness overall. You know, not just heal and let go of the different traumas or neuroses or different complexes that have developed over time, but take them into a perception of greater agency, greater creative potential, greater innovative thinking, that kind of exploratory arc of journey experience. Now, in my own processes, I still do take a lot of aspects of the therapeutic model, especially on intake to ensure that my particular container is safe for people to engage with the intensity of an experience. I'm going to use the frame of Yellowstone because it's one of the most watched TV shows now. And there's a scene with one of the characters doing a vision quest. And he's now sitting outside in his underwear for days, freezing to death. For people who are afraid that a quote, ceremonial experience is going to be something weird, it's not going to be weird, right? Or creepy. <laughs> no. There's nothing that a fairly mainstream person would walk in and be concerned about. No, you know, and I think the framing of what ceremony is, is also important here. Ceremony also often has a direct connotation to having to be something distinctly religious or distinctly spiritual nature with a complexity of specific rituals and invocations and various things that conform to this kind of esoteric approach to connection. And really what a ceremony is in my heart is we are demarking a time of great significance with great reverence. This is a time period we set aside that we decide 
hey, this is important. This is serious. We're taking it with the highest respect and gravity. I am facilitating with the greatest of vigilance and care and compassion for the experience. So that's more of a mindset of the innate importance or gravity of the nature of that container as opposed to any particular ritual components, if that makes sense. So someone could be mainstream and say, hey, we're engaging in ceremony. It's like, hey, we're, we're engaging in a very deeply intentional moment of time together and time period where we're stepping into something with sincerity and we're going to do our best to co-navigate this experience so that you can have an expression of your own revelation and whatever that looks like uniquely for you, held, cared for, honored, and in many ways enhanced because in this experience is really of critical importance is I have had many dynamic psychedelic experiences, transpersonal experiences of archetypal awareness, perinatal experiences of genuinely rebirthing, like of genuinely going through the four matrices of rebirth, both looking at mine and both perceiving it in the larger spectrum of choosing life here and now, and then going into some of the biographical healing. You know, I've done many, many of these things and to have now an experienced imprint that I can meet people with great humility that are moving through this type of experience and care and also assure them that there is going to be a coming home. That's the thing. Psilocybin at the end of the day is one of the most safe compounds out there that after neuroplasticity is done, although it's intense, it's dynamic, it's, it's profound in many ways, you come back to normal in six hours time and time again. If there's no mental health conditions, that return is consistent and concise every single time. So that's something that's really important too, is that you're in this novel experience for a time but you also have this returning. That's why the research is so excited about this because how holistically accessible and how consistent it is with bringing back a holotropic well-being. So I don't have a hangover. No, you might have a little fatigue from the intensity of the processing you go through. And you may have, you know, some contemplative thoughts of really kind of thinking about what's going down. But no, overall, you often have the opposite. It's called the glow. You have this sense of graciousness, peacefulness, inner quietude, and resilience after a journey experience. Inner quietude sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> yeah. As a leader, when would I think about doing it myself and when would I think about doing it with my team? That's an excellent question. So one of the components of psychedelics that's really important to recognize is that you are in many ways unable to compartmentalize and unable to kind of maintain a facade in the experience. So if you're moving in with a team, which can be incredibly valuable in a larger spectrum of thinking, which we'll talk about here shortly, there just needs to be awareness that, hey, we're going to be in a very interpersonal relationship here. It's impossible to only be in that professional decorum in the psychedelic experience. You're going to be open. There's going to be emotions that are flowing. There might be Big tears, big laughs. There might be big understandings, revelations. You might see awe. You might see wonder. You might see a lot of things kind of process through. So the question then comes in, can you support with compassionate awareness that type of vulnerability with your team and honor the gravity of what that means? Because you're now seeing people without the mask. And, and I think truly at this point in our life, I think there's a deep need for that. I think that this idea of mental health, of having to withdraw all your genuine challenges you're facing in the office and just act like, you know, we're all just stoic he-men that could just do everything and shoulder the burden or whatever there's, and, and she women as well, shoulder the burden. You know, I think that this is really important as we mature. So as an individual, often we come toward 
times upon which we're now asking about our impact. What is our legacy? What are we genuinely trying to do to create ripples in this world to counter the dystopia, to counter the fear that's so far around us, to create a new paradigm of influence and agency for those we care about within our business, within our own evolution? And if you're in those moments and you're kind of like, I'm not sure where that can go or how I can adjust my purview or how I can expand my skill set, that's a wonderful time to then step into that circle and learn and experience and grow and just widen that aperture to really perceive of that great view of personal capacity and stepping in a space for growth. And, and then also being willing, as you say, to lean into the growth and the healing and the process on the far side where there needs to be a consistency and devotion to one's integration process. Now, there's great things going on right now in terms of developing almost mastermind-like groups. You have groups of individuals. Now, this could be YPO CEOs from different organizations. This could be within an organization, a C-suite or high executive team. And they're looking at complex questions, questions that they have not been able to wrap their head around for months at a time. They've been crumbling up papers and whiteboarding and all the things they're trying to do their best to try to move the bar. But they're just not able to push that bar. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we need a radical solution here. We need to get way more creative. Our paradigm of perceptionality is just not broad enough to handle what's needed here. And so those are great opportunities where you step in with a mastermind group you pose a complex question, you provide a dose of a psychedelic, and dosaging is very important. That wouldn't be your heroic journey, five grammar, and everybody's in their own odyssey. That would be more of your psycholytic or what they consider a museum dose, your one gram or 10 microgram dose or something like that, which would put you into a liminal state of perceptional fluidity that then would allow to enhance creativity and engender those kind of deeper insights into these questions. That's like having a couple glasses of wine because I'm positively predisposed, but I cannot imagine going all the way into a psychedelic experience with my colleagues. What if I embarrass myself and you can't undo I'm the CEO and I just said something with no filters? I'm already bad enough at that. <laughs> what I don't need to do is share some altered state with my team because I can't undo. And I love my team. And I think the world of them, I don't need to share everything. So it sounds like as you're curating this, it is, I'll say the equivalent of a couple glasses of wine, not tequila shots in a wild evening. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there and that's not where you want to go with this particular scenario. You're wanting to create some agency, some fluidity, more dynamic capacity. You know, there's wonderful studies like the spontaneous and deliberate creative cognition during and after psilocybin exposure by the Maastricht University Netherlands in 2021 where they show a gram of psilocybin with high-performing impact professionals and they provide them with complex questions and they provide them with different experiential containers. So there will be a place for meditation, a place with whiteboards out to start triangulating some ideas, a place with music and movement, a place with a vantage point to look out at the mountains and allow the mind to expand and explore. Having these different little engagement stations that help to engender and kind of juice some ideas and concepts forward, that can be done. And curating these experiences to then help to draw upon those insights and bring them into kind of dynamic conclusions. So this is different than a row of mats where everyone has a mask on. Correct. It may start in that position because that first immersion rush is usually a 
the most intensive part. It may start like that with a good soundtrack that would kind of incubate a sense of spaciousness, inner peace, receptivity. But after, you know, your hour or two of kind of being in that place, no, the invitation would be, okay, let's explore. This room is your oyster. What do you think about that question? Mm, interesting. And having a little cross-pollinated conversations and those things. And there's been some brilliant insights developed, but this is very novel. This is, I think, what we're talking right now, the frontier of where psychedelics can go if done ethically, responsibly, considerably with creating these structures based around still a lot of intentionality, a lot of you know support and genuine structure and adept facilitation. But really now we're looking at how do we deal with some of these issues that linear thinking has been failing on? If we look at, you point to some of the biggest people in Silicon Valley and the correlation between Burning Man experiences, which were psychedelic, then going back and making breakthroughs in their space, there is a strong correlation. Absolutely. Yeah. The CEO of uh, Google was selected because of his Burning Man capacity to use radical creativity and innovation over those five days to do all these novel projects when they were looking for the CEO, and that's in the Stealing Fire book by Stephen Kotler, every CEO in the world wanted to be a CEO of Google. Like, you know, they had the pick of the litter from every university and every organization, but there was only one that had Burning Man on their resume. And so they threw him amidst a place where radical creativity, ecstasis, and a continuum of seven days were Time and space is really a novel concept and challenge them with building projects and community enrichment projects and all types of stuff. And that does, it creates ecstasis and flow. That's another thing that psychedelics have been shown to do, you know, through the release of these neural chemicals, oxytocin, norepinephrine, epinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, the confluence of then creates this creative genius, this capacity to move into pure presence where you're no longer trying to pull from the belt of your own resources of, you know, cognitive awareness. And now you're in a liminal state that is adaptive in the moment to complexity in, in a profound way. And just allowing yourself to just pluck from your greater expanded capacity, insights and revelations and, and different skill sets that in the moment are just holistically appropriate. So they compare it to people that are professional athletes that are just, you know, can perceive where that ball's moving far before even has that ability to shift or you know, sometimes the you know Navy SEALs, which are completely lockstep, the person that feels or senses that that's the innate way they need to move. Everybody immediately adapts to their behavior and follows them in perfect synchronicity. Like that is a, a certain skill set that can be enhanced and developed through the use of psychedelics. Again, with great intention, with great care, in conjunction with a lot of different supportive, holistic practices, well-being practices all these things, but utilizing it to break out of the paradigm that I have to strategize and structure my way through life and more into that intuitive resonance that I trust in the given moment that I have everything I need. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to be able to draw upon that in a way that is of greatest advantageous and impact for the people around me. That's the selling point. So we're going to stop here. <laughs> The ability to get to that state, moving from, I have to work hard, treading as quick as I can on the treadmill to more of a receptive, not that I stop working, but that I have an additional set of resources that come through my intuition on top of hard work and thought that gives me access to more. Yes. Bigger impact. Bigger impact. Absolutely. And, and that initiation to that mindset, that's the, the term initiation means the body the mind, the emotions, they come, it's like the Trinity belief. I believe, I know, 
I am that comes into a confluence in that moment. And then your awareness elevates into a new capacity of understanding. I no longer see things within the limited view that I held prior to this experience. I've engaged with an experience and now has opened me up. And you can't unknow what you know. When you have opened up into certain realities and, and perceptions, that now becomes your dominant purview. That just graves you greater agency, greater capacity, greater impact, influence, and also greater accountability, greater responsibility, greater ownership of that sense of virtue that you now uphold and have that ability to share and proliferate through your work. But that's exactly it. I think what everybody is always thinking about is how can I be the greatest version of myself to create as much as I can to be the counterpoint to some of the ails of our current society and civilization so that we can have a more thriving, cooperative, harmonious, and innovative society to move the bar forward on our impact and capacity as people. And this is one of those steps. Thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us and our listeners. How would people reach you? Yes, thank you, Maureen. It's been a tremendous honor to be a part of this podcast, sincerely. If people want to reach me, you can find me at thespark.co, T-H-E-S-P-A-R-C.co. On the website there, I have different coaching opportunities, retreat opportunities, one-on-ones groups. I also try to provide a great deal of content, uh, whether written or video on the different aspects of the psychedelic experience. Please reach out, say hello, explore. I know this is a big gravity decision, so I never take it lightly. And there's no question I'm not willing to answer and, and support. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you to our listeners. Please like us, follow us, and share our information with those you think would benefit from it. This episode is brought to you by the Innovative Leadership Institute, working with companies that recognize the need to upskill their leaders and transform their organizations. We help executive teams prepare for accelerated uncertainty by creating the foresight needed to stay competitive and transforming organizations to become future ready. If you'd like to discuss how we can help prepare your organization for tomorrow, please visit InnovativeLeadership.com and click Contact Us.